BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to the Vault Podcast. Classic music reviews. Presented by IV Creative. Now. Here's your hosts, B. Cox and the crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Vault Podcast, Classic Music Reviews. Presented by IV Creative, it's a perspective of the classics from a fresh point of view. We appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective. You could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, B. Cox and... Today I'm riding solo, but shout out to the crew and everybody else out there as always. Hope that you all had a great Thanksgiving weekend and week, no matter where you were, as we get ready to slide into not just the holidays, but the final month in this 12-month journey that's been 2021. So hope that y'all are safe within the sound of my voice and that y'all are healthy and that we see each other through to the end of this year and to next year. Shout out to all the fans as well, continuing to support the show Y'all continue to spread the word to people who you think might like the show, who are into old school hip-hop, R&B, and reggae, and we plan to have a big, big finish to the end of this year. A few albums that you may be surprised by, and then of course a couple of albums that are making their anniversaries at the end of this year heading into next year, which will bring us the years of 92, 97, and 2002. So big things coming up. Make sure y'all stay tuned. As we always say here in the vault, our motto is hashtag open the vault and hashtag nothing but the classics or MBTC. And today we're going to go back to an album that takes us back to an interesting time outside. And we're going to go back to 20 years ago to the second studio album by none other than Ludacris, Word of Mouth, released on November 27, 2001. On Disturbing the Peace and Def Jam South Records, recorded between 2000 and 2001, with a runtime of 78 minutes and 54 seconds, long runtime. Producers on this included Ludacris being executive producer along with Swiss Beats, most of the beats produced on here by Bangladesh, contribution on here by Timberland, Organized Noise, a couple of contributions by them as well, and then finishing up the list, KLC, Juk, and ATLian, Jazzy Faye. Singles on this for word of mouth are as follows. The first single, Area Codes, which also was released on the Rush Hour 2 soundtrack, famously enough, was July 3rd, 2001. Roll Out My Business, released in October 16th, 2001. This is a big one, especially during the college football season. Saturday, which came out January 8th, 2002. And Move Bitch, which came out as a single early in the spring, in 2002 
but was known by many of us by the time the actual single and radio version came out. So, word of mouth. Here's Ludacris' second album, followed up his debut on Def Jam South, which was back for the first time, which came out in 2000, and followed this one up very shortly afterwards. Now, at this point, we were getting accustomed to Ludacris and were known basically through the debut and also his two debut singles from that album, which was What's Your Fantasy and then also Southern Hospitality. Now, <laughs> Ludacris really uh, made a jump during my college years, and we'll get to my perspective of where I was when this album came out. When Ludacris first dropped on the scene, I was a freshman in college, and so that What's Your Fantasy dropped during that summer heading into that fall, and that song was a mainstay early in that college year for parties out the clubs and house parties because... It was a party jam, you know, then it was a really, really big song too, by the way, that, and also the remix, but then Southern hospitality dropped, AKA throw them bows dropped in the spring of that year. And that was also a mainstay in the clubs and also at parties as well. Now, the one thing we also noticed about Ludacris is that, you know, he had a really big personality on the mic and to any one of us who listened to Ludacris and, who know, you know, what kind of artist he is. He kind of touches all of the points on the spectrum when it comes to a rap artist, what you want them to have. First of all, he has a very unique voice. And, you know, those of us who listen to Ludacris over the years, I think he probably utilizes his voice better than many artists out there because he tends to, the variation of it tends to give his voice more volume. And it's not necessarily distinctive. But what he does with it is definitely is what gives it its defining characteristics. He's wildly entertaining, uh, not only in his voices, but then also in the skits that he performs in these albums. But then he's very witty with his punchlines. I mean, he gives you a lot of good one-liners and also bars that kind of after you hear them will either make you nod your head, shake your head, laugh, or maybe all combination of all those all together. And not for nothing, I mean, he's a good rapper. I mean, he's actually a very, very skilled MC. And for those rappers that were from the South, they were still going through a bit of that stereotype that Southern rappers couldn't rhyme. And Mass, the majority of what they did was only talk about trapping or partying. And they made, you know, what a lot of people up North would call like, you know, booty shake music, whether it was Miami bass or Atlanta bass, or it was only shit that you heard in a trap or in the strip club or in the club. And... There was still a belief of people out there who believed that Southern rappers couldn't necessarily rhyme, that they weren't MCs. And one of the best things about Ludacris, which we were introduced to during his first album, but then also in the following albums and in the features that he had following this leading up into the many years afterwards, is that a lot of us found out that Ludacris had skills. And he wanted to prove that, I think, just as much as anything else, that along with being witty, and entertaining along as being as such a big like personality like I almost like to say that Ludacris was almost like the equivalent of being like a WWE superstar like a wrestler I mean his personality was that like almost like I would be daring to say like a personality like a Ric Flair or a Hulk Hogan or a Chris Jericho big bodacious proud and boastful that's the, pretty much what makes Ludacris is what he is but beyond all the entertaining things, beyond even 
his ability to go from topics and the type of music and the type of hip hop that he did from club bangers to hardcore hip hop stuff to funny things. He wanted people to know that he was a great MC. And then as you listen to him, especially I think in this, you really start to get a grasp of how great of an MC he really is. Not just because of his versatility, but because of the actual rhymes as well. I mean, it's penned here. I would even say it's even better than the first album. And it would show a progression that would continue throughout his career. But more to where I was. So as word of mouth came out in the fall of 2001, we already been through a few things as we got back to school. There was the death of Aaliyah. Blueprint had dropped along with what happened on 9-11. Uh, we had seen a couple other, you know, that summer was a great summer for music. You know, we had a lot of stuff from Ja Rule, a lot of stuff from Jennifer Lopez, um, stuff from Jay-Z as well, from Missy. And then as we're heading into the end of this year, we're getting into Ludacris's second album coming out. We had already heard Area Codes, and then we heard the rollout, which when I went to Morgan State University, historically black college and university, shout out to HBCUs as well. This was a big song that would become a big band song in the stands. <laughs> I mean, because the horns alone just made it a perfect candidate for a Marsha man to be able to hit into the stands. But as we got this, as this album came out, the single started rolling out. And as the single started rolling out, you started seeing, okay, just sort of like what he did last time, he's following this formula. And that formula was making big music with a big sound and you know, the beats that definitely would move people in the club that would sound good in the car. And then he backed it up with rhymes that really would fit within the concept of the song, but that would grab you. And as I said, his voice, his voice is almost like an extra instrument on the track itself. <laughs> you know, like that would almost be like something that was inside of the, in the recording session when that beat was being made, his voice was like another instrument. And <laughs> that is the best way that I could describe how his voice sounds on these tracks. So you get through it and have some people that actually buy the album and having gotten a couple of a copy of the album on Kazaa, Yes. <laughs> for those of my file sharing folks out there, yes, I downloaded this album on Kazaa. That, for those of y'all, we may do an episode about this probably sometime next year about file sharing and the era of file sharing and what it meant. But to have that era and to be in college to be able to cop music, it was awesome. Now, I know the artist didn't like it that much and the recording industry didn't like it that much. But for a college kid that at any point in time would have no more than maybe 40 to 50 bucks in his bank account, it helped. It helped a whole lot. <laughs> so I downloaded this on Kazaa and I went through the process of getting all of the tracks and trying to find out what the track listing was and then putting them all in order so that I could put it on a CDR. Yet another relic of the past. CDRs, CDRWs. <laughs> Pay attention, kids. Pay attention to what we had to go through in order to be able to get fire music to be played in our dorm rooms and then go to the car to play it as well. You know, so to put it on a CDR to finally play it and I start playing it and it just got to the point where I could just let it play through. Now, there were points in times where I thought I was maybe tempted to skip forward a little bit. I mean, this album, even though Ludacris features on it heavily with this being his album, there are a lot of features on here. I mean, just a few of the features are include three, six mafia uh, include fate Wilson and I 20 who are all part of Disturbing the Peace, features Nate Dogg, the late great Nate Dogg on Area Codes, also Keon Bryce and Mystical, 
as well as Sleepy Brown from Organized Noise, Jazzy Faye, Shauna, and Four Eyes on another one of these freestyles. He had a freestyle on Back for the First Time. Four Eyes is back again for a freestyle, which doesn't disappoint on this one. But once I got through it and started listening to it, it was enjoyable. And it was something that I thought, you know, uh, I'll probably get through it, skip through some tracks. But it was a very enjoyable listen. And the beats I thought were great. And the good thing about this is that there are a variety of different producers that produced on here that didn't give you sort of a monotonous sound. You had the producers, like I said, Jazzy Faye, Timberland produced a track on here, Swiss Beats, Organized Noise, two tracks, Ludacris producing the skits that were on here, uh, KLC, Bangladesh as well. So you get a nice mix and balanced sound on here. That is good. That's something that doesn't get you to the point where it becomes monotonous and is droning on and droning on. The thing that grabbed me, of course, were Luda's lyrics and his flow. And I thought it was a little better than on Back for the First Time. And I really paid attention because I was like, this he's really starting to grow as an artist. And when you follow an artist and you get into their music, the one thing that you want to see is you want to see progression. I saw that with Luda. And I was impressed by what I saw because, again, there was something for everybody on this. You had your club bangers. You had uh, strip club themes. You had the comedic relief. You had, you know, some serious tracks. You also had times where he would literally just say, all right, let's go for it, and would lyrically sort of put you in a tizzy. And I want people to understand this when I say that Ludacris is lyrical because we have this discussion a lot on hip-hop Twitter. And people talk about, you know, oh, what's lyrical, what lyrical means. And, you know, people think when you talk about lyrical, they get into the Rock Hems, they get into the Dave, Big Daddy Canes, they get into the Cool G Rats, they get into the Nas's, the Jay Z's, they get into the M&M's, the Cannabis. And everybody thinks that everything's supposed to be lyrical miracle. That's the, <laughs> that's the one phrase we use a lot to talk about folks, how they feel as though, the cadence and using multisyllabic rhyming that that means that you're lyrical and you can be lyrical and not be that. And ludicrous to me is a prime example of that, of how you could be lyrical without being super technical in your rhyming. How he does it is so clever and the way that he utilizes punchlines and one liners and using metaphors and similes and doing it with a voice that acts as a supplement on top of that. So he doesn't need to be over the top wordsmith. He just needs to be efficient with his words and he needs to use a voice that gets that message across in the most efficient way to his audience. So that's why I give Luda his props for being lyrical and for being an MC. Not in the traditional sense that a lot of people will say, oh, they'll, any of these rappers that I just named, how you could point out, oh God, look at this line, this shit is crazy. Yeah, technical, it is not as proficient as them, but it gets the job done just as well because it's not just about sitting there and making people's heads spin with the, oh, he used these four or five words and rhymed them together. No, delivery is a lot too. And Luda to me is a master of delivery. So that's what I thought about it. I thought, I thought it was a, a great listen. I thought it had a little something for everybody. And it was something that I would continue playing for quite some time. Because during my college years, when it came to people in regards to who were at the top, you could arguably, as far as the top 10 top ten artists from my college years, you could put them in that top 10. He was definitely in that top 10. He was someone that was ever present throughout that time when I started my freshman year until I left college. And then he continued even on after that because he had staying power. So now I'm going to get to my highlights. 
So my highlights on here as well, obviously the singles. I mean, Rollout, I think, is a great song. Um, it's not my favorite Ludacris song, but, I mean, I think Timbo did a great job producing that beat, and then, you know, Luda kind of took that beat and had a unique flow with it, really kind of slow, and then sped it up near the end of the song and ended those verses. Saturday, obviously, I mean, is a great song, too. Shout out to Organized Noise, who did some really great work with Ludacris very early. And move, bitch. I mean, <laughs> this is one of the, those like Luda songs that you put as far as like his standard songs, those songs that are recognizable, um, something that, you know, was right up there. Obviously, the feature by Ludacris and on I-20 right there, that's one of those songs that Luda can, you know, hang his hat on. Those are one of those uh, tracks as well that when we talked about he did his verses with Nelly earlier this year that you can hang your hat. That's almost a guaranteed W, depending on what it goes against. But outside of the singles themselves, um, I was really impressed as well to see Cry Babies, which was what's produced by Swiss Beats. I thought he had some great quotables on that as well. When you hear rappers over different producers that you hadn't heard before, you it kind of gives you a little bit of intrigue of how they'll sound. I thought Luda did a pretty good job on this one right here. He had some one of some of his best quotables in this song too. Seeing him collaborate with Three Six on Go to Sleep, uh, that's great. I mean, at this time. I was listening to Luda during college, 3-6. I was getting into them as well. So to hear the two of them together, you're talking about two parts of the South collaborating again, Atlanta and Memphis, you know, part of a trend that would continue going into this early part of that decade the 2000s where you saw the South start to emerge. And at this particular time is when you saw them start to emerge, even on a larger scale. One of my favorite songs on here, it can't be stated enough, is Growing Pains. And that's featuring Fate Wilson and Keon Bryce. I mean, uh, that, whew, first of all, that sample that they use, which is from I Forgot to Be a Lover by William Bell, which has been used by a few different people, namely also dilated peoples with Worst Comes to Worst. But that song right there sort of gives you that change up track. Like everything at this point has been bangers and has been lyrical displays and has been comedy. But this sort of gives you that change up that is necessary for an album like this just to let you know, hey, let's slow things down a little bit and put things in perspective. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Another one of my favorite tracks on here is the Word of Mouth Freestyle. Now, (laughs) the first freestyle that we heard on Back for the First Time was also featured Four Eyes, which was the mouthing off track, which I thought Luda and Four Eyes did a great job on that as well. But, you know, you get that nice little beatbox in the background. That, to me, when I talk about, all right, when folks say Luda is lyrical and he's an MC, this is what I mean. Like, this is the type of thing, like, being able to get down to the bare bones basic that you can see if a dude can really rap. 
And then you back that up with another verse by four eyes. And it's like, all right, cool, fellas. I'm feeling this shit. Really also impressed by Get the Fuck Back uh, featuring Shauna. I actually think Shauna had one of her best verses that I've heard from her in a long time. And we know the things that have gone back and forth between Luda and Shauna. To me, I think when it comes to the success of the both of them, I think they're kind of really joined at the hip because their first single they had really kind of put them, them in the consciousness of a lot of hip hop and music fans in America from what's your fantasy. And then between them working together, they're not working together then working together again. But she had a great verse on this one as well. I think Luda flexed on this one too. Um, shout out to Bangladesh for that beat too. And then as a change up with uh, things about freaky things featuring Twister and Jagged Edge. Now, the other great part about Luda is not just his versatility and subject matter, but also his versatility and flows. And when you hear and see the name Twister, you already know there is going to be a proficient <laughs> flow that you're going to get that is going to be mind-numbingly fast at times. But you can understand almost every single word because of his pronunciation. Well, one of the great things that I love about Luda, which you can also then say as well with a rapper and MC like Busta Rhymes is their versatility of flows that you can get a flow one way, one minute, and then get another flow another way the next minute. And it can go from being standard to being slow and smooth to being fast and rapid and having Luda and twisted together on this track as well with jagged edge. One of the highlights on the album, the album really closing out with block lockdown, which featured I 20, Another track that I thought was also a highlight and then having that with the hidden track with Welcome to Atlanta with JD, which is another big, big song, a huge single during that time period featuring Jade with JD featuring Ludacris, which actually I guess you could say is JD's song. But I mean, I don't think it would have been as big without Ludacris. So I guess they are sort of sharing the song in that respect. Other highlights here as well. I mean, I didn't really have a big problem with any one of the skits. I think the skits, though, are to me what sort of gives Ludacris a bit of that intrigue because you know you're going to get some skits that are actually going to be pretty fucking hilarious. <laughs> and it's no different with the whole air and no difference with the Stop Lying skits and then also the greatest hits, which probably had me laughing the hardest because you see shit like that every day now that we have TikTok and Instagram of white people attempting to do songs that are hip hop songs and them sounding as white as they possibly can be. So he was ahead of his time in that respect <laughs> before people started doing it on social media. Luda had it to skit on his album. No really low lights on here for me. Um, I do think that, you know, the beats here are pretty cool. I mean, as, as Jay likes to say, you can tell that some of them are a bit outdated considering the time, but keeping the time period in mind, it kind of lined right up with the standard of what you got during that particular time and what beats were starting to become great production on here by all the producers on here from Bangladesh to Timbo to Jazzy Faye to organized noise to Swiss beats. So not really a low light per se. And not really anything on here. I think that I would, I would keep off. If there was a song on here that I would drop, it would possibly be cold outside features Shamir. And it's not that it's a bad song. It's just, it's way too long of a song. I mean, this is a track that is six minutes and three seconds long. I mean, wow, that's a long, long track. I mean, I remember even listening to it this week, kind of look like looking at my headphones and then going into the phone itself, into the album listing and being like, damn, this song is long as hell. Like, how long is it? You know, if there was a song that I would drop, it'll probably be that one. 
But other than that, not many lowlights per se. I think this is a really, really solid track listing and uh, something that kind of maintains a nice steady wave where things don't necessarily go too left. Like there are sometimes you get an album where things are going right and then all of a sudden they take a wide left turn and then struggle to get back on track afterwards. So now we're going to get into my notable quotable. And there are tons of them on here by Luda. Like I said, there's lots of witty lines on here and one-liners and great punch lines. And that's always been a hallmark of Luda's career. But I'm actually going to go to the, the word of mouth freestyle and go to Luda's verse as well, because this is one of the reasons why I love Luda, because he's so clever with his words and the punch lines hit you really, really hard because, you know, his style. So he says it. You see, I live a life filled with chicken and malt liquor and women that are real life scratch and sniff stickers. I shoot videos and get knobs slobbed in trailers, then hit a stage and break a leg like Lawrence Taylor. You pricks is all talk and it's bad for your health. See, I ain't got to say shit because money speaks for itself. With the old models I make, I'm great like five legs. You got rims on your trucks, man, I got rims on my skates. You rolling on dubs, I roll right into clubs. Dirtiest homes with more rings than your tub. You think it's all practical jokes and big bloopers, but I smack bitches with no titties that work at Hooters. Just get a couple of girls that's shaking their things, then I put them on camera and cut two frames. With some gasoline draws, I'll be going to hell. Ludicrous fuck like a nigga fresh out of jail. I got junkyard dogs, I'm Roddy of the Rod Piper. My baby's assed out and I rub my car with her diapers. So you can pray for now if you send in the past. Word of mouth, trying to wipe that silly grin off your ass. <laughs> and there's theatrics throughout the song because there's people in the background just like when you're in a freestyle cypher. So that's what I, you know, that's, that's what I love, like one of the things that Luda can do. And some people can pull it off and other people can't. And I got to give Luda his props. I mean, this, the mouthing off freestyle and then on chicken and beer, hip hop quotables. I love that Luda, when he kind of just goes for it and it gets in his bag lyrically, that he flows. And that's my big appreciation for him is that he doesn't really forget that part of the art, despite everything else and all the other fluff that you get with him in theatrics. When it gets down to the bare bones, the dude can still rhyme, man. He can rap. He can definitely rap. Before we get to my verdict, what I think about the album, I kind of want to at least point to what I think, you know, what this album signaled for me, not just for Ludacris, but then also for the game overall. What I think this album did is that it signaled Ludacris's ability to be to have staying power in the game to me I sig signified to me that he would be someone when it came to releasing an album he would have the tracks that would make him viable on the radio but then also make him viable on you know the folks who were listening to the album cuts the bloggers the people who were going deep into the album like he would be able to find an album that would have something for everybody and he would give you a little bit of everything that you were looking for on one particular album. And then the next album turn around and give you a little bit of the same, but then give you enough different that you would say, okay, I can see this dude is progressing. I can see that he's moving and making a way in a direction that is going to have him among the major players for years. And he took that and he used that in his pursuit to be able to come a movie actor, which he had a very successful movie and also television acting career and he really became not just a rap star but he became a pop culture icon because he represented more than just things that just with music he became a spokesman for brands he became a movie star he became a tv star and it was not just about him being in front of 
the microphone, being in front of the camera and also being a businessman is what helped to make him the looter that we know today versus what we saw 20 years ago, which was a bodacious loud as hell. Now, the other thing that it, what I think it represents is that it represented the time where we had talked about how hip hop was definitely coastal heavy. Like it was East coast and West coast. It was New York. It was California. And as we got further into the nineties and the later into the nineties, we started seeing that third coasts, the South really start to develop its sound and the recognition amongst people, not just in their regions and areas in Atlanta and Houston and Memphis and Miami and new Orleans and the Gulf coast, Mississippi and Alabama and, and Dallas and all, all over that part of the South, those South, the mid South and Southeast and everything else we talked about. We talked about Southern rap a few episodes ago, not just in those regions, but then all over the country and eventually all over the world. We saw that no limit and cash money became big in the late nineties. And they continued that into the early two thousands. But as the early two thousands came along around this time period is when you start to see the more the influence of Atlanta start to emerge. So you saw Ludacris. Eventually you would see the emergence of a TI. You would then see emergences of Lil John and the crunk movement. And then you would see the Jeezys and the Shorty Lows and the Shorty Reds and the Gucci Mains. And that started a whole new movement whereby the middle part of this decade of the two thousands, the move towards the power dynamic shifting from the coast to the south really was in swing by the middle of that decade. And by the end of that decade, the power dynamic had completely swung away from New York or away from anything on the West Coast. And I went to the south. I believe that that time period right between Luda's album, the first one and this one heading into 2002 is where we saw that really the dynamic beyond just what we got from New Orleans and Houston Anything with Scarface or the Ghetto Boys or Devin or eventually which would which would emerge from before that time would combine what was happening later what would come from New Orleans in the face of cash money and then young money with Lil Wayne to what was happening in Atlanta with all the pokes that I just named, then combining that also was happening with three six and everyone in Memphis and eight ball and MJG, and then you see Swisher House start to emerge it really created a time where the South was starting to take its hold and really wanted to be power brokers in the game. And I think this was a period when that started. So that's what word of mouth to me signals. It signals when the power dynamic really began to shift where things started to move towards the South and it was really, they were starting to make a name in regards to being major players in the game and not just content to be in second cousins. So now we're going to get to the test, the final test what I think it is. Do I think it's a certified classic? a borderline classic, a classic just in this time or not a classic at all. And for me, I'm going to go ahead and say that word of mouth to me is a borderline classic. And I say borderline for this reason. I think that this album has everything that is that you're looking for as far as from commercial viability in regards to the singles that came out, the success of those singles. And then it has the album tracks on here that can also keep you intrigued beyond just hearing the singles themselves I think that there's everything on here when it comes to comedy and it comes to wittiness and it comes to entertainment and it comes to lyrical display and hip hop and all that other good shit that you want to include in there. The guest spots on here are are good. The production on here is good. 
I I don't think there are anything that takes away from this album, something that makes this album less than, but to me, I think it's, it's great, but I think it's just great. I think that it's probably at, to me, an eight or an 8.5. If we were talking about a scale from one to 10, if we're talking about mics, I think it's right now at a, like a four, like probably a little bit better than a four, but not quite a 4.5. You know what I'm saying? So it's at that sort of that place right there where it's good. You know, it's better than average. It's pretty much great, but there's not anything there that's really pushing you over the top. That's like, damn, this shit is a classic. Now, regionally, there were people that will say in Atlanta and other parts of the South will say that this is a classic. I've read a few articles as well that has told me that they think that this is a certified classic. I am not willing to go there then, but I think it's still a great album. And I think that it's uh, being borderline is not a bad thing. But it's also the other thing that I think that outside of the South and Atlanta and outside of people who are hardcore Ludacris fans, that those of us who are just, uh, you know, we respect Luda for his talent. We will call ourselves fans. We follow his music. It's part of the problem that I think when looking at his catalog that a lot of us struggle with. Is there really a discernible classic within his catalog that we can sit there and say that universally everybody around like he from Atlanta to Canada, to Nigeria, to China, to South Africa, to Australia, will say, yup, that's a classic. That Ludacris album is a classic. I don't think that there is one in his catalog. I think we all agree that there are a lot of great albums, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, there was something we were talking about on Twitter the other day that, you know, some artists don't have classics, but they have a lot of great albums. And that doesn't mean that you can't be among the all-time greats with just great albums. But I don't know if there's one that really qualifies to be a, a certified classic, like universally accepted. I know that it's universally accepted. Luda is definitely one of the illest, definitely one of the dopest MCs, rappers, all around rappers. As far as hitting every single point on the spectrum, he does it. But I think a lot of his albums at the best will probably get to that borderline classic feel regionally. And within sex of the fan base, people will say that this is a classic. But for me, I just say borderline and there's nothing wrong with that. Because if we're talking about out of 10, an 8 to 8.5, out of the mics, 4, just over 4, maybe between a 4 and a 4.5 and mics, that's not bad at all. That's actually something to be celebrated. But without a shadow of a doubt, for those of y'all who were around and were outside at that time, <laughs> let me tell you something. This era was great. And to have Luda out there putting out great music for parties and for clubs and to be able to sit in a ride and play, it was a glorious time. So we got to thank Luda for that and definitely for providing music for that time that really served as a soundtrack. So there we are, y'all. Word of mouth turning 20 years this week. Please make sure y'all go check it out wherever you can check out music. Give it a listen and tell us what you think. We definitely want to hear your opinion and what you think about this. And obviously as well, if you think Luda has a classic album, which one is it? We'd love to be able to discuss that with y'all. And that is going to wrap up yet another edition of The Vault. Please make sure you are checking us out on our host on the Red Circle. You can also download, stream, and subscribe to the Vault Classic Music Review on any one of our streaming sources. If you go to the link in our bio in any one of our social media pages, there'll be the link tree. In the link tree, you'll get to all of our social media pages as well as all of our streaming sources. Again, you can get to the Vault on Instagram on at Vault CMR Podcast, on Twitter at Vault Classic, and on Facebook and YouTube, you can search the Vault Classic Music Reviews Podcast, like the Facebook page, subscribe to the YouTube channel, interact with us on social media. We do it here all for you. We appreciate the support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend. 
and make sure that that friend tells a friend. Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we'd like to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate, and elevate because you were never destined or created to stay stationary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and follow us on Facebook at IV Creative and Instagram at IVECRE8.